one of the worst flooding disasters in U.S. history. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report about water. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Hurricane Harvey hit the Texas coast on Friday night and Saturday morning. The storm lost some, but not all of its destructive wind and was dropping huge amounts of rain, in some places four to six inches per hour. As of Sunday morning, the storm was producing rain bands that have stalled over the Houston area, producing widespread flooding. Some estimates show that in the last 24 hours, the rainfall has exceeded the average amount Houston gets in six months. Patrick Blood, a meteorologist with the National Weather Service, told the Houston Chronicle that the storm is catastrophic, unprecedented, epic, or whatever adjective you want to use. Forecasters are saying that another 20 inches is possible in the coming days. About a thousand people were rescued overnight. Emergency management in Houston advised people to climb onto roofs, not into attics, unless they had a way to get out or an axe to cut through. The U.S. Coast Guard has eight helicopters helping with rescues and is calling for additional resources from other government agencies. At this time, there were reports that five people have died in the storm, but only two have been confirmed. Predictions from the National Hurricane Center on Sunday morning showed it was possible the storm could move south from its current location, back over the Gulf of Mexico, and then return toward Houston. Recently, the Trump administration lifted a ban on sales of plastic water bottles at some national parks, which was started six years ago by Obama's Interior Department. The policy was aimed at lessening the amount of plastic garbage. At the Grand Canyon, plastic bottles comprised 20% of the park's total waste and contributed much trash below the rim. The Washington Post reports that the Park Service spent millions of dollars to install water stations for reusable bottles. Zion National Park estimated that its sales of them increased nearly 80% after it banned bottled water sales. But Trump's Interior Department said the ban had removed the healthiest beverage choice while allowing sales of sweetened drinks. The department's statement reiterated arguments made by a bottled water trade association, which includes members like Nestle. Lauren Darusha Flores of Corporate Accountability International told SFGate that the industry set up a false choice between sugary drinks and bottled water, and that the old policy increased access to free tap water and promoted reusable bottles. The Trump administration announced that it's stopping a study being done about the health effects on people who live near surface coal mines in central Appalachia. The study was being done by the National Academy of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine and was started last year to analyze the effects of removing tops of mountains to expose coal seams. The removed rubble is dumped into nearby valleys and streams and can affect air and both surface and groundwater. A Duke University professor told PBS that for every meter of coal obtained, almost 100 meters of rock has to be put somewhere, and most of it ends up in river valleys. And a researcher from Indiana University told Congress in 2015 that coal from mountaintops releases pollutants that cause cancer, 
cardiovascular disease, and birth defects. The aim of the Obama administration study was to safeguard the health of residents near the mines. According to Earth Justice, more than 2,000 miles of streams and headwaters have been permanently buried and destroyed. The Interior Department said that it stopped the study to determine if it was a responsible expenditure of taxpayer funds. Bill Price of the Sierra Club told the Washington Post that it's infuriating Trump would halt the study that people in Appalachia have been demanding for years. Recently, thousands of Atlantic salmon escaped from a fish farm off the coast of Washington, and some people, including local Native American tribes, are concerned the farmed breed may threaten native Pacific salmon. Fish farming is done using large pens made of nets that are placed in ocean waters. The nets at Cook Aquaculture, which contained more than 300,000 Atlantic salmon, collapsed, releasing what was thought to be no more than 5,000. But last week, the company said the actual number is much higher, according to the CBC. The Lumi Nation, a local Native American group, declared a state of emergency last week due to the escaped fish. They said in a statement that they hadn't heard the spill was contained. State of Washington officials have put the Atlantic salmon on its list of invasive species considered to be highly threatening. The non-native salmon could harm native fish stocks by competing for food, preying on the Pacific salmon and spreading disease. Local citizens are being asked to help to catch the escaped fish. The head of the Washington State Department of Fish and Wildlife is encouraging anglers to catch as many of the Atlantic salmon as possible. And finally, speaking of fish, happen to have a goldfish at your home or office? Well, if you don't clean its bowl frequently enough, it gets murky and a bit unpleasant to look at. But worse, it's also running low on oxygen, which fish need to survive. But according to new research, goldfish and their cousin, the Crucian carp, have a survival mechanism that helps them cope in oxygen-starved waters. Most fish, as well as us humans, take in oxygen into our cells to release energy. Without it, we'd be toast in a matter of minutes. In a pinch, the body can produce lactic acid to create energy using glucose instead, but it's only for short bursts of activity, like doing a sprint, and that's what makes our muscles hurt and burn. But goldfish and crucian carp have a unique ability to take that lactic acid and convert it into ethanol. That alcohol is then diffused across their gills and released into the water around them, allowing the animals to survive for months on end without oxygen. So for that goldfish to survive in your child's murky fishbowl, it's hitting the sauce big time. According to Michael Berenbrink, co-author of the study, carp in ice-covered ponds can have blood alcohol concentrations of more than 50 milligrams per 100 milliliters, which is above the limit to drive in most countries. We don't have to worry about goldfish getting behind the wheel, but now we know why they probably don't get bored swimming through that castle over and over again. They're probably feeling pretty happy. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association. Discuss your water infrastructure challenges and solutions at WIC 17, October 30th through November 2nd. Find out more at awwa.org forward slash H2O Infocon.